Hello, happy Friday. Welcome to Self-Improved. I hope your weekend's going to be great. For all my yidden, I hope your Shabbos is going to be fantastic. Let's get into it. Okay, we are going to jump right back into TikTok. And once again, I don't have my computer, so gear up. You're going to get rapid fire Zev for another week. Are you doing it from love or for love? Ask you that in regards to anything. Ask yourself that in regards to anything, people. A neuroscientist theory. And when people cannot get out of bed because of whatever, and they're in a funk, they're expecting the familiar and mundane. Remember as a kid, day of a field trip, you had your bags packed, you're ready to go. This is because we didn't know what was going to happen the day of the trip. And we share that experience with others. And we're all happy. We're all pumped up. When you get way too familiar and life gets way too mundane, you know exactly what's coming and you don't like that, you're going to stay in bed. You're going to be a little depressed. Obviously, there could be chemical imbalances. Uh, I don't know if that's proven, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Next, in regards to relationships, you informing a partner. Tell, remember, informing them, literally, okay? you just telling them what to do, information, this and that. It not only takes away their freedom, but yours as well. If you truly want freedom for yourself, you would give a partner freedom. Don't try to change someone, okay? Do not try to change somebody. Keep saying that. It's terrifying when you realize society and school constantly programmed us to compare to one another. However, get this. Since we're all unique, we all feel like failures because it's impossible to be like someone else, okay? Now, I personally see this as inevitable because we're tribal creatures. It's inevitable we're going to compare. And a person can teach themselves to accept versus compare. But we are always going to compare. Discipline, it's one of the highest forms of self-love, if you think about it. Doing something now to make future you better off, that is the utmost love for yourself. People seem to think that buying a schmaltzy drink or getting your nails done is self-love. It couldn't be farther from optimal self-love. The coffee makes you worse off in the long run, and the nails degrade in the long run. Like Those don't stay. Those don't get better. Eliminating instant gratification for prolonged chronic gratification. Satisfaction and pride, that's the greatest self-care when you're trying to increase your satisfaction, pride, and gratification chronically. That is self-care. So go do things. What's the saying? Oh my gosh, I'm winging this one now. What's the saying? It's like, do things. Oh, if it feels good before you've done it, don't do it. If it feels good after you've done it, do it. <laughs> okay, think about that. You know, right away my mind goes like, what feels good before? Junk food. You already know what's going to taste good. What feels good after? Exercise. Learning. Do more of the stuff that feels good after. You don't have to eliminate everything that feels good before because life is about is about balance, but you can reduce it. The way we think will determine where we end up, okay? This is common sense, but I just had to hear this. You know those things where sometimes you just had to hear it. It's just the right time in your life. Maybe for you, you needed to hear that as well, okay? is The way you think will determine where you end up in life. Maybe you had to hear that. I don't know. Or maybe you just rolled your eyes. I'll never know. What's the difference between a boundary and a grudge, you ask? This one person deems that a grudge is feeling pain and wanting them to feel it as well. Or to drink the poison. A boundary is not letting them back into your life. Okay, so access your peace. That is powerful. Holding a grudge is holding you back. Fun fact, if you didn't know that already. Don't expect honesty from someone who isn't even honest with themselves. 
Fuck, that's so true. When you understand yourself, you stop judging. You consider others' perspectives without compromising your own philosophies. That's understanding. And you don't judge at that point. Wow, I love this stuff. This is hot. This is a good lineup of one-liners. You can't reject yourself and love others whole. This goes deep because you'll see things you hate about yourself in another person and you'll hate them for that, forgetting that it's actually a projection since our emotional brain takes over before we can logically think. So if your logical brain kicked in, you'd go, oh, that's just me seeing what I don't like in myself. Or And remember, remember, okay, nuance time. You ready for the nuance? Let's say I see someone murdering someone else. I don't hate that I murder people because I don't murder people. But I hate them because I am scared of potential Zev who murders people. I would never want to do that. It freaks me out. That also is a projection of what you hate about yourself or hypothetically hate about yourself. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not because you might think like, oh, I don't like what they're doing, but that's not me. Either one is denial or two, it's true. And you just hate the prospect of you doing that thing. And that's why you're projecting that perspective hatred on them. And that's, and that's also a projection, but at least see right now we're thinking logically with our brain. When you're in the moment and you just see something quick, emotional brain kicks in because that's what keeps us alive. And so you don't, can't always have this self-talk right in the moment. We become sincere when our heart, mind, body, language, and speech are in harmony. That's sincerity, okay? When what you feel in your heart, your mind, and your body language, and then speech are in harmony. This makes me think of my brother who was mad at me. And I don't yell during conflict. He wants sincerity. He knows I want to yell in my heart and in my mind, but my body language and speech do not reflect that. And that's why he knows that it's not sincere when I'm saying things. He wants, you know what I mean? And that's so true. Think of the things that we want to say or want, you know, in our heart and mind, what we want to do, but we hold back. And people can sense that and they know we're not being sincere. And it, but, but this is the thing is like, I know my true sincere Zev. Sincere Zev would hurt Harry. And I know that's not necessarily the definition of sincerity to hurt people, but like, I'm technically not being sincere. I'm faking myself a little bit. You know, you know, you get it. Okay. Hidden brain. Let's jump into a podcast summary. The behavioral contagion. Okay. If someone relates to you, you are more likely to repeat that behavior. Whereas if someone does not, the backfire effect occurs. Now they did a study at Duke university and, um, this guy ripped up a test after the person finished it. And he said, okay, go get your money for this study. They did, they, they did this with a student in a Duke sweater. And the other student, the other Duke students began cheating on their tests. Because remember, they were seeing it like, at first they thought they were going to get marked on the test. And then they see that they just rip it up. So everyone just started, you know, like putting whatever and cheating. When, because they knew they were getting paid. And remember, they, they wore the same sweater, Okay. When they did it with a student in a North Carolina sweater, which is a rival school, uh, sorry, UNC, yeah, UNC. Um, uh, why am I getting brain fog right now? Anyways, they didn't cheat. It actually reinforced good ha- behavior because they go, oh, I'm not gonna be like, I'm not gonna be like that cheater because they're from a different school. Blah blah blah. So, behavioral contagion. Just keep in mind what tribe you're on. And is it reinforcing good or bad behavior? Diminishing sensitivity. Okay, that's another mental model here. The example here is if I gave you a million dollars, you'd be ecstatic. And then if I gave you another million directly after, you'd still be happy, but wouldn't be as ecstatic. And you kind of wish you could have gone back to baseline again to experience that dopamine hit from the first million. All right. 
so what am I saying here? The rewards, this happens in life all the time. Yeah, this happens in life all the time. And just a friendly reminder to be grateful. But isn't that interesting? Like, think about that. That's actually so true. You would not be as happy the second time you get a million dollars, even though it's the exact same thing. That's what's crazy. Okay, my screen just tilted. Hidden Brain, another Hidden Brain podcast, Marriage and the Hot Cold Empathy Gap. Oh, this is so cool, people. This, I love when people coin terms to stuff you already think about. Back in the day, <clears throat> marriage was strictly a contract allowing two families to trade between one another. Isn't that funny? The host was saying your marriage these days, it's high risk, high reward. That's what it is. Uh, the folks that uh, that that keep the that dupes that hold, the folks that yeah, this is a big typo. The folks that hold up to the pressure, yeah, that can keep up to the pressure. Karma, it's extremely fulfilling and happy in their marriage. Those that can't are extremely unfulfilled and dissatisfied. Uh, what that means, by the way, like what I'm saying here is it's high risk, high reward. So in a marriage, if you work on it and you actually crush it, it's going to be a great marriage. Versus if you don't work on it, it actually will com- completely crumble. And they're saying back in the day, it was pretty mundane. It, there was none of that. Uh, okay. Yeah, everyone was satisfied. I literally just touched on that. They compared it to investing where back in the day, everyone had bond portfolios everyone and everyone got the same returns uh, whereas today it's mainly stocks and you know exactly where i'm going to go with that analogy is the volatility if you if you do you know invest in the good stocks they'll really reap the benefits if you invest in the bad ones they're not gonna reap any benefits like the marriage you gotta you gotta invest in the good stuff with your time hidden brain proposes that what contributes to the added pressure are the multiple hats a partner has to wear for example, 40 years ago or 100 years ago, you would have friends that fulfilled different purposes for you. Whereas people expect their partner now to fulfill all the purposes their friends used to fill. And I actually, I keep referring to this. It's like, and they talk about this in Jay Shetty's Think, Think Like a Monk. Everyone has a different purpose in your life. Do not expect one person to fill, fulfill all your the purposes you need. Dude, that's not fair to anyone. So don't do that. No wonder there's so many fights in, in relationships because people expect too much out of someone expectation is huge actually i'm reading a marriage book that you'll get a review on soon or a summary of and they talk about expectations a huge part of the book now it was an interesting concept and it can get philosophical they're saying that if you have different people in your life for different things and your partner's just there as one tiny piece of the puzzle then are you really in a good marriage to begin with this is again philosophy it's really up to you this concept's so cool because you know should a marriage have you filling should a marriage oh my god i was using voice text for sure when i was writing these notes on this podcast which by the way i'm so glad i keep track of these podcasts like i would never be able to recall any of this stuff unless i'd written it down um so yeah let me try and break this down should a marriage have you feeling more oh following more rules and that's exactly why you're married that's why you picked a perfect person i see so they're saying that's why you're married to them because they can fill all the buckets that I get it. And that's the philosophical part is like, should you find a partner that can fill all the buckets for you? And that's why you're getting married to them? Or is that too much to expect? And you should never get married to someone that you expect to fill all the buckets because it doesn't exist. You tell me. That's a question for you. Anyways, uh, the hot cold empathy gap. This is so cool. This is what I was talking about in regards to stuff that like I had thought about, but like, I'm glad someone actually brought it up. 
So pretty much simple as this. Someone put their hand in a study. This was coined in a study, by the way. In the study, they put their hand in an ice bucket for a minute. They can't do it, though. So they bring their hand out. They give them a minute break, and they say, go back in, do it again. And they say, yeah, and they get them to write down, can you do this? And they say, yes, I can. Put their hand in. They fail again. They cannot keep their hand in the ice bucket for a minute. So they take it out. That's called the hot-cold empathy gap. They are actually not empathizing with themselves. They think they can do it, but they can't. This, when extrapolated, happens all the time in social situations. So, for example, um, uh, the biggest is a girl was raped at work, and she ends up working for this professor that did such the heinous crime. And this is only a few years after. And when she went and told the police that she was sexually assaulted and wanted him in jail, in the courtroom, they're like, how come you're coming to us this late? And how come you're working for him again? and she literally they recorded her in court she said i cannot explain this maybe a psychologist would be able to explain this but i can't and she's right a psychologist did and that's called the hot cold empathy gap it's where she forgot about the pain she forgot about the pain she was in just like they talk about someone who would ride their bike up this super steep mountain once a week and but he would do it every week even though it hurt hit hurt his leg so bad he would keep doing it week after week that's the hot cold empathy gap um the the analogies go on and on a comedian you know she left a great show she was pumped someone sold her some stuff she was like yeah i'll buy it off you it was a good price and then her, she goes to her place she's telling her friends about it she's cavelling saying I, I got all this cool stuff for 40 bucks and they go oh my god you just bought stolen goods like he just stole that from someone's car and she's like, oh, and it's, again, she just couldn't empathize with herself. She was in an emotional state, wasn't thinking right. Um, and then, you know, they, they use uh, an analogy of someone who grew up knowing all about safe sex, yet for some reason didn't perform safe sex, uh, had unprotected sex, and did it a second time, even though she said, I'm never doing it again. That was too sketchy. And it's like, cockled empathy gap. People think they're they're logical people think they're good and they're not um yeah that's pretty much that uh okay more tiktok hochma let's get it so a woman's therapist said she may be feeling sad during her healing and enlightenment because of the mourning she's doing she's mourning the loss she misses um ignorant her she's mourning that you know she didn't realize things um she's mourning her ego her her old ideologies have died like there's loss that is happening that's why enlightenment and healing isn't always a good feeling to be honest okay and learning all this stuff like i've gone inward with y'all so much if you're ever going inward and you're like ugh, like ignorance is bliss why do i have to learn this it's because you're shedding old you and that doesn't feel good your ego is dying right now ego death doesn't feel good you're you're mourning what you missed out on too remember that and that's a positive way to spin it. So in the past, like, if you had known this stuff, you wouldn't have gone through the heartbreak. If you had known this stuff, you wouldn't have been bullied. If you'd known this stuff, you maybe you wouldn't have been the bully. That, so you're mourning also what you missed out on. So that's why healing doesn't always feel good. Here's a quote. If it's out of your control, don't waste your energy on it. That's a stoic mindset. That's <laughs> very simple. And actually... I just heard something today, which is a sneak peek because it'll come up later in a podcast when I forget that I've told you this, is if it's out of your control, do not worry. If it's in your control, do not worry. 
Isn't that poetic? I love that. Now, that degrades people's feelings because if someone's super anxious in the moment and it's not good for them, you don't, you know, that's an easy way to dismiss that. But I'm, I'm just saying it's poetic and I like it. Build identity-based habits and work in systems. That's uh, from Atomic Habits by James Clear. In order to achieve public victory... Oh, actually, these I have read in a podcast, and I know that for a fact, because all this other stuff I was skeptical on, but if you type in... um, It's my podcast episode where I'm in a car, and I read all these quotes from books. So, anyways. um, And that's actually a really good one. That's also an uncut version. Okay, so I'm going to continue with the TikTok stuff. Let's keep going with the Chokhmah here. Yiddish and Hebrew for wisdom. Sometimes you can't carry everything into your next chapter. All right, think sacrifice, think investment, think delayed gratification. All right, and when they say next chapter, I don't know what came to mind for you, but right away I think next chapter of your life. Okay, so when you get the new job, when you move to a new city, when you leave home, when you, the next chapter of your life, or we could go even more zoomed in, next chapter of your day. You can't carry everything into the next chapter of your day. When you get home from work or when you leave home to go to work, or you name it, go to your hockey game that night, you pick up basketball, you cannot carry everything into your next chapter, okay? You gotta let some things go. Uh, you gotta let sleeping dogs lie, as they say in psychocybernetics, okay? So if something's holding you back and isn't actually getting to your goal anymore, you, you let it go. You focus on what is getting you to your goal and double down on it, okay? The analogy they use, if you're trying to hit a dartboard and you've never thrown a dart before, you focus on how you miss the dartboard, and then once you hit the board, you stop worrying about how you missed. You worry about how you hit it. And which sometimes those do go hand in hand. But I'm just saying, focus on what's getting you to your goals. There is no point on focusing on something if it isn't getting you to your goals. And what I mean, without going on too much of a tangent, what I mean by this is you're trying to develop yourself the best you possibly can. Okay, and some people think that's a good thing to go back and just study every little detail of your past Okay, sometimes it isn't good. I'm here to say that. Sometimes it's not good to dig up everything from your past because not everything from your past is projecting you towards your goal. That's just the hard truth. So be careful. Let sleeping dogs lie. Don't wake the sleeping dog. If nothing's benefiting you, don't touch it. Let it be. Let it be if it's not helping you. Anyways, a good parent does not praise their kid on the A+. They praise their hard work. And I'm actually reading a book right now on how to raise kids. You'll get a summary on that too. Because And if you're wondering, is that a marriage book, kids book? Are you having a kid? Are you getting married? No, I'm just weird. Sorry. But anyways, they, they talk about that. That you do not want to boost a kid's ego. It actually makes them really defenseless later on. I'll explain when we get to that book summary. But uh, just kidding. Why do I have to wait for that book summary? I'll tell you right now. This, that's what this podcast is all about. I can say whatever I want, whenever I want. If you tell a kid, you're brilliant then something comes along where they can't do it they think i'm brilliant if i can't do that no one can and they just quit they just quit if you say so if instead of praising you're brilliant you say hey you work really hard really good job now they get things they go okay i don't know how to do this but i know what i'm good at and and there's a lot i don't know and so this is this is just a challenge i can work through like their brain is rewired at that point it's not this fixed mindset it's a growth mindset now uh, that makes you think, if I work hard at things, I will get better at them, right? If you only perceive praise for achievement, achievements, the child possesses the static mindset of, I'm either good or bad at things. That's super dangerous. However, it's also dangerous if you're taught that the first point, uh, taught the first point regarding hard work, okay? If something wasn't difficult, then it might feel like it didn't happen, okay? We're getting deeper here, so I hope you remembered everything I just told you there about 
I'll say it again. Like if, if a child only receives praise for their achievements, okay, so a kid has only to- said good job for the A plus blah, 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 versus when they get a D, they get the static mindset of I'm either good or bad. Okay, that's dangerous. Remember that. You don't want a kid thinking that way. However, it's also dangerous. This is this this gets crazy. I'm hyping this up because it's crazy. Uh, it's also dangerous that if if you're taught that if something is not difficult, then it it's not worthy of anything. Like it feels like it felt like it didn't happen. A lot of stuff we're truly skilled at feels natural. Okay, so you you have to. Um, feel the guilt and boredom that comes up when you do something excellent with ease okay you have to notice its value okay the value of something even if it's easy learning to work hard on things broadens your life however learning to produce massive amounts of what you're capable of allows you to tap into your true potential so so get that like (laughs) that's crazy learning to work hard on things it does broaden your life right However, remember, if something feels easy, if you don't have to work hard to do something, it doesn't mean it's not worthy. Because think, if you're really good at something, you can just pump that out. That's that AKA massive amounts of your capabilities. It, that's your true potential. To reach your true potential is just pumping out what you're good at, even if it's easy. Just now, now the hard work becomes the volume. Isn't that interesting? So... I wish I could just repeat all that again, but maybe you just go back and re-listen to that part. So key. Oh, I love that. We'll never know exactly how someone else feels, by the way. (laughs) Isn't that truth? We'll forever be in first-person view. The stranger across from us is feeling different than what we assume. I don't care if you assume correctly because it's still your own perspective, your own assumption. Even if you ask them, hey, do you feel this way? Well, their definition of that is different than yours because of their lack of and past experience of whatever it is. Okay, so example time, because you guys like examples. Person across from you, they're frowning. They may be crying, and you're like, oh, they must be sad. They must... And first off, like you don't know. You're just assuming. But let's say you try to not assume, and you go, hey, are you sad? And then uh, they say, yeah, I'm sad. Maybe they're sad because to them, sadness represents something different to you. Maybe they just lost a watch. And for, for you, maybe you have the uh, mindset of I can replace that. They don't. And so sadness to them is different than you. You wouldn't cry about the lost watch. They are. That's what I'm saying is you'll never, ever be able to know how someone else feels, which is you tell me what you take out of that. Like for me personally, it means, okay, uh, I'll never judge again. Pretty much like it just removes judgment always. What, what do you feel? You tell me. And here I said, I decide that I'm going to react to life in a good way. It means I may may as well assume positivity than not when I feel threatened. Yeah, that's true. So Elliot Hulse, this guy's an OG YouTuber. Like he's been around forever. And I just saw him on Instagram the other day. I, like, I searched him up for fun. And he actually said something I wanted to write down, which is when we feel the need to do something because of emotion, it's usually the time to stop and question it. <laughs> okay. Don't let your emotional emotions make you feel you need to do anything. TikTok chokhmah again. The day you plant the seed isn't the day you eat the fruit. Isn't that the truth, eh? We judge ourselves to stay one step ahead of critics. This is technically coming from a place of love for ourselves, so we're protected from painful words. However, it doesn't help us in the long run. Judgment stems from shame. You cannot flourish when you're living in shame. So in the long run, this inward judgment, torture, 
it will create a saddened life. And the next, hesitation, it can be great, right? Roosevelt hesitated when inviting the first black man to the White House. The hesitation made him ashamed, actually. And then he realized he had, he had to do it. You know, it was, it was important. It was going to change the country. And it did. You know, hesitation, it can indicate what's right. This is a half-truth, though, so be careful, right? There's always a context where you don't want to hesitate. There's a half-truth for everything. But isn't that interesting? It's when he hesitated that he then reflected and went, I'm ashamed I even hesitated. So hesitation can teach you things. If you don't like something, take away its only power, which is your attention. Your attention is the only power you're giving certain things. Uh, things you don't like, actually, is your attention. Stop giving it attention, please. You're the only... You're only stressing, apparently, because uh, this person thinks. You're only stressing because you did not give up slash lose hope. You still want it deep down. That's why you're stressing about stuff. Is you, you just have hope. Now, sunk cost fallacy, that means when you're investing time or energy into something and it's you know it's not going to work out, that's the sunk cost fallacy. But you're so sentimental about the time you put into it. Keep that in mind, okay? So if you are stressed because you didn't give up, which sounds awesome, like, oh, good, you're not giving up. Giving up can be a great thing. (laughs) Keep that in mind. When you start a movie halfway through, you don't understand the ending. This is why a lot of people don't understand you in multiple facets, okay? You're the only one who's been with you throughout your entire journey. You've seen your whole movie. Everyone else is coming in halfway through. They don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. And that's why you're in it for yourself. Don't justify or explain anything to anyone. Just put your head down and you'll get to, they'll know the ending one day. They don't know your whole story. Now, you speed up timelessness when you decide to put all your energy into yourself. I don't know what it means by timelessness, to be honest. Like this, And this definitely applies to young people. Uh, it reminds me of the law of attraction, actually. When uh, we have... When we have the things, wait, wait, sorry, that's gibberish. Um, just keep that in mind. Apparently, that's bullshit. Let's move on. If you had the ability to feel so deeply for someone who was the wrong person, imagine how good it will feel when you found the right person. Okay, so don't give up all my single ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and also, my client, Ryan Johnson, had some serious wisdom. And I'll, I'll what time are we at here? I'll uh, leave this here. This is going to be the final thing. Memorizing stuff doesn't make you intelligent. Applying and using it does make you intelligent. Application. Wow. I love that. Um, Okay, people. Thanks for listening once again. Thanks, Ryan, for that awesome quote. He doesn't listen to this, but in my heart he does. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye. Another one in the books. I hope you enjoyed. Shabbat shalom and have a great weekend, everybody. See you.